and welcome to Connected, episode 365. It's made possible by our sponsors, Instabug, Discourse, and Hover. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I'm joined by Mr. Mike Hurley. TVOS review is coming today. Big day. Big, big, big day. day. Oh, really? The whole, yep, happening. whole hour dedicated to it. Get ready. <laughs> Get ready. Strap in. It's going to be a big one. Wow. We're also joined by Mr. Federico Fatici. Hello, it's me. Hello, um, it's you. TVOS review uh, listener. Connoisseur. Yes. Yeah. Everyone's into it. It's the talk yeah. of the town. I'm waiting for it. It's not happening yet. We have follow-up to do first. Okay. Okay. We do. Just off the top, I just wanted to mention that iOS 15.1 beta 2 fixes the Apple Watch unlock bug with iPhone 13 users are seeing i'm seeing it my wife's seeing it she what was like follow-up to uh it was like a it was a thing that didn't have a place to live so i just stuck it in follow-up i'm gonna be john syracuse and you're gonna be casey Liss. you haven't read the document look two bullet points down i was 15.1 yeah yeah well Plus no one cares says, about share play. big fixes like big but fixes. It's already, big fixes. It's, shush big fixes. don't worry about the spelling mistakes look bug fixes like watch face unlock watch slash you face see, i put it in the document unlock yeah but you know what that means i can't believe you didn't read mike's notes i know steven it's disgraceful i added it on my phone i probably just didn't scroll mm-hmm. down far enough anyway safari mm-hmm. 15 extensions let's talk about that <laughs> over yep, sure. on this little website called i think i'm pronouncing this right mac stories mac stories mac stories stories uh the one true the the one true john has put together a nice roundup of cool safari 15 extensions so far i gotta say there's a lot more out here than i thought there were already like i'm excited Mm -hmm. to see developers going after it so so quickly the one thing i was struck uh by with the list that john put together is it was like there's lots but they're like it's like four categories, and but there's like three yep. or four different things in each of the four categories, which I just found funny. I don't know if that's like a this is kind of the best stuff you can do of extensions, or it's like these are the low hanging fruits. So like a bunch of people made a similar kind of thing, you know? Like here's four dark mode things, here's mm-hmm. five like uh, amp blockers, you know? Um, yeah. And then it, and then my assumption will be it will move on from there. I think I saw that is it Amsplosion was the one we were talking about. It was like it was like number one in the App Store or something. Yes, yeah. in I, the I ut- in the utilities category. Okay, I think for top paid, which is a but that's wild. It's, it's a popular category, so yes, that's wild. Um, and there's also there's all kinds of of extensions to block Google AMP, and I think it's a huh. case of. Developers seeing this opportunity and uh, different people having the same ideas over the summer. Um, I tested another one. Overamped is also another one. So, yeah, I think Noir has been doing really well, too. Like here in the UK, it's number 15 overall in paid apps. Yeah, I'm using it on my phone. It's great. It's a good extension. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think as time goes on, we should see more... I don't want to say interesting because these extensions are interesting already, but like more diverse ideas in terms mm-hmm. of what can you do with Safari now? And uh, it should be fun. Well, because the, the last week has proven that there, there's a market for Safari extensions, it turns out. So, I mean, you know, this isn't widgets, <laughs> uh, but it's something, you know, so like people maybe have new ideas or I think the other thing that, that I th- find interesting about it is um, different types of developers, right? So, like, 
the uh, I would imagine a lot of people that are doing this, they're like used to making web extensions. And that's like a different type of developer who's now able to maybe do something on the app store as well. So iOS 15.1 is in beta, uh, brings share play and also bug fixes like the... No way. <laughs> yeah. Really? Like the, yep. Like the Apple this Watch and Face ID unlock thing. First, which is currently, first time I'm hearing of this. Yep. Wow. First, you know, I can, I'm in the comments first, now. First. 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 First, um, yeah, so there's bug fixes. Federico, you're running... Uh, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. What? You didn't read the document. You skipped over my OS 9 follow-up. Oh, because I don't oh. care about it. We talked I, don't, I, I, I do not care about where the puzzle piece comes from. I don't care. I don't care. It's a bad icon. It's the same as like... I, 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 I no, think I was listen, talking about you this did, in the You Discord. also didn't read whatever... Look, look. OS 9 and other ver earlier versions of macOS use puzzle pieces as they load extensions on the startup screen. Those puzzle pieces look better than what's in Safari. OS 9 had better puzzle, piece where, where? Better puzzle right, pieces. Where do you, you see the puzzle You understand, Stephen. Look at this I tweet. don't care about yeah, but, OS 9 or puzzle pieces. Yeah, but it's bad. You have better? to look at it in Safari every day. And you can where? just think, I wish we could have better pu puzzle pieces. Which one is the better puzzle piece? The OS 9 ones. Where? Where am I looking? Look at the, look at the tweet I put in the show notes. They don't even look like puzzle pieces. They don't look like puzzle pieces. They're terrible. Yeah, they, this, they actually look less like puzzle pieces. <laughs> like, if this was a puzzle, none of the pieces would stay together <laughs> in this puzzle. Like, they don't interlock in any way. Like, this, that is actually a terrible puzzle piece. I mean, that's kind of a, that's kind of a good description of Mac OS 9 on a this, meta scale but this joke is completely lost on the two of us hence why like os9 i i don't care about it i, I my understanding is nobody did i don't know what is os9 oh. why why are we <sighs> i don't know unfortunately <laughs> we have to talk about this now are, are we done with os9 now i have some breaking news okay please os9.2 is out <laughs> ios 15.1 includes bug fixes for unlocking your Face ID phone. Whoa. Oh, really? that's so good. I've been wow. struggling with this with my Apple Watch and the Face ID. It is actually an annoying bug. It's really annoying. It's, I'm so frustrated by it. <laughs> How is it broken? Like, what? I don't know. <sighs> this is one of those bugs that's inconsistent, right? Like, I know people who it's working for and oh, people really? who it's broken for. And it's, it isn't everybody. And it seems like it has kind of nothing to do with how you transfer it from phone to phone. Like, it just seems seems to be quite random. So, I don't know. Mm. I feel like on this show, we've asked the question a couple of times, where's Johnny Ive? So, we right. know that he had a multi-year partnership with Airbnb and then went quiet. Now, he is has a multi-year partnership with Ferrari. Okay. They are going to be, quote... Well, they will be to explore projects in luxury business, in the luxury business. Mm, mm, yeah. I don't think Johnny's going to design a car. Like, mm -hmm. I, I do not think that that's what they're going to do because there are a lot of people who I am pretty sure can design better cars than Johnny Ive because Johnny Ive doesn't know how, has, has not designed a car which is driven on the road. But Ferrari does lots of things. And mm. they are a luxury brand in many ways. Like, it, you know, just the Ferrari brand is a thing. Um, honestly, I think the whole thing about Love From is a bunch of companies who have some money and kind of want Johnny Ive to be around a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna make the and cup so, holder for a Ferrari, and it's gonna say this is the best cup yep. holder you've ever seen. Yeah, I was, I was, I told 
Mario Fadino about this. And he says, oh, he'll probably design the interface that goes inside of the Ferrari car. It's like, yeah, that could make sense, right? Yeah. Like he, d- or he the, helps design you know, the software or... Luggage, you know, all the stuff you get with your... The uh, rich Corinthian leather on mm-hmm. the seats. It's going to it's gonna make a, a button-less key fob and it's going to say uh-huh. this is the, the best key fob you've ever seen and it doesn't have anything. It's just a piece of plastic. This and is they're going to the give you millions. essence of this a key fob. The, when you think of a key fob, <laughs> what is the essence of it? This just smooth, chamfered edge. It's all of the cars are going to be chamfered. Every edge on a Ferrari is going to be mm, chamfered yeah. now. So look. In fact, to you that. will not even be able to open the door because it's just going to slide right out of your hands. You, know? <laughs> you just touch it's it. Such a smooth surface. Like, well, it's completely you know. smooth. Yeah. yeah. Yes, as Mike says in the in the Discord, it's unapologetically smooth. (laughs) I love that. I love how he used to say that. It's such a funny thing to say. It's like unapologetic. Like, what is apologizing to me? It was the five C, I think, unapologetically plastic. It's like when I make a typo in one of my stories, I say this is unapologetically incorrect. You know, I (laughs) own my mistake. Sorry, I'm plastic. That's what other phones say. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe he reaches further back in his history, mm-hmm. and the new Ferrari is like clear acrylic. You know, he goes back to his early two thousands. That would be <laughs> sick if they if they did that. Ferrari would sell a billion cars, <laughs> right? Because look, you know, Ferraris are beautiful machines, and they are also in I would expect a lot of instances bought by people who want to show off. Right? Wouldn't it be amazing to show off your car being see through? That's a, that's a pretty baller move. Hmm. Like personally, I'm just happy that Johnny's out there doing stuff. He's enjoying his semi-retirement, you know. So I'm like, you go for it, buddy. Just write a book. It's all I want. Mm-hmm. Like, it's well, all did. I want. I just want to read the Johnny Ive book. Johnny didn't write a book. He well, made a uh, designed by Apple in California. Isn't yeah, Jimmy, get get my copy for you. That's not what I want. I want the I want like a Johnny Ive autobiography. It's never gonna happen, mm. but I want it. It could be cool. That'd be sweet, man. So that's what that's what Johnny Ives up to. You. We'll see. We'll see where that goes. We'll check I guess. in with the next multi-year partnership. We'll yes, let, we'll, we'll be sure to let you know. I mean, on Johnny Ive watch. Look, I don't want to blame Johnny Ive for everything, but but <laughs> he worked with Airbnb, and then we got a pandemic that almost destroyed their company. What's going to happen to Ferrari? Did you hear in iOS fifteen point one, they they fixed the Apple Watch face unlock? Thing. No way, really? <laughs> Seriously, it's incredible, and I can't wait to I can't wait to do Go! it. Go, tip, tip, meme. Oh, that's unexpected. This sep- September's coming to an end. September's about to end, which means this is going to be the last time that we ask you to donate to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Uh, we have asked the Relay FM community to come together for the third consecutive year to support the life-saving mission of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, which is quite simply finding cures and saving children because cancer kills more children under the age of 14 than any other disease. Doctors from all 50 states in the U.S. and around the world refer their patients to St. Jude simply because they have the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive childhood cancers. St. Jude also provides thousands of free consultations for doctors treating children around the globe, including kids in your community. So for the rest of this September, which is fast uh, ending, the Relay FM community has come together to raise over. Stephen, what are we at now? $631,000. We had a goal of 333000 So, you know, come on, let's just double that, right? 666 feels good. 
I guess, in a way. Uh, you can be a part of the best year ever by making a donation at stjude.org slash relay. If you make a, a single gift of $100 or more, you'll receive an exclusive sticker of thanks pack at the end of the campaign. Uh, if your company matches donations, please send an email receipt of that to Stephen at relay.fm. Go to stjude.org slash relay to support St. Jude and let's cure childhood cancer together. When we broke six hundred thousand dollars i think it was yesterday that was last night yeah last night at some point i think you and i both had a very emotional moment yeah uh, take a little take a little breather there yeah i had like goosebumps i had like run inside and tell my family it was it was a lot yep so thank you so much to everybody that's donated uh and you can continue to donate go to stjude.org slash relay we're gonna just keep keep that money coming in uh for the next few days mike Yes. Give the people what they want. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Hold on. I'm you ready? Comfortably. Okay. Yep. I, got, I got some water. Whew. Okay. I'm ready. So this year I'm going to give uh, the TVOS review for TVOS 15. I'm going to give it about as much care as Apple gave <laughs> TVOS 15. Okay. Mm. Which I assume is a lot of care. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ready? I'm ready. Sound is the focus. AirPods, HomePods, and Spatial. They say it's smart. Shared with you is here. View many HomeKit cameras. SharePlay comes later. That is my two haikus that I wrote. Oh, so good. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I wrote two haikus. That is it. It's basically, it's nothing. They, they added some sound stuff uh, for AirPods. Wait, that's it? Yeah, man. Yeah, the that's double it. Double haiku yeah. all the way, baby. Where's the the big thoughts and the opinion? Okay, my big thought and opinion is not in haiku. No, unaccept. I'm leaving the show. Unaccept. My big thought. You want my big thought? I'm leaving. <laughs> they ran out of ideas this year. There's more in HomePod 15 than TVOS 15. They kind of they, there isn't really anything. That's the end of it. I have no big thought this year. It's impossible to have a big thought about TVOS this year. I'm sorry. Like you, Federico, if you're still here. Uh, I decided to scale it back this year, and this is what you've got from me. I'm back. Did you say something? I actually left. Okay, like you, you know how you scaled yours back this year? I scaled mine back. They had nothing to work with. It got shared with you, spatial audio, AirPods now get that thing where it's like, hey, do you want to connect to the AirPods when you're near it? It got HomeKit camera enhancements, and you can pair two HomePod minis. That, that last it. one is pretty cool, though. Yeah, but I have two regular HomePods. They didn't even create a tvOS 15 page on Apple's website. So, you know, it's fine. You know, you don't have to do wild stuff all the time. But it's just like if it comes to being a tvOS reviewer like me, you're kind of a little bit stuck. So that's as much as there is, I'm afraid. Hmm. All of the features for tvOS 15 are like written somewhere at the bottom of the Apple TV 4K product page. That's sad. Yeah, they really didn't. They really didn't do much this time. It was uh, seriously there are more features for the HomePod than there are for TVOS. Oh, you mean the HomePod Mini, which is the only HomePod that Apple makes? No, like HomePod 15, like ah, the software. the software. Okay. They added they they added more there. What are they doing in the home? Seriously, what like what's their strategy? I have <laughs> I, an, I, I do have another big thought for you though, if you do want it. Okay, please, yes. I think they're resting. Uh, I I expect Apple's home strategy is about to change and tvOS will play a bigger part of it. So I think that they're not adding anything big because they have future product ideas that will come down the line. 
that will need something. But until then, they have nothing. Okay, thank you for the haikus. I at least worked nice. on those. I put those more nice. work into the haikus than I would have if I would have just read from 9 to 5 Max TVOS 15 page, which is otherwise what I would have done for you. I, I've got to say that I I was hopeful you had done a haiku because mm-hmm. the bullet points are blank in the show notes. <laughs> and so I, I'm glad that you surprised us with that. There you go. Two. You've got two haikus. Would you like to hear them again? Yes. Sound is the focus. AirPods, HomePods, and Spatial. They say it's smart. Shared with you is here. View many HomeKit cameras. SharePlay comes later. Yeah, those are good. Those are actually good. And now I'm done for the year. <laughs> so is Apple. Do you want to talk about your process, like mind map, which text editor you've used? I assume uh-huh. you got all of this in Obsidian, of course. Yeah, yeah I've, I've now deleted all the to-do apps from my phone. Right, with the backlinks, you know. Yeah, and all they're all gone. Ca- no, I've deleted everything now, so I can just start fresh now. Now I've got that off my plate. Sure, sure. I can imagine. Uh, and you time-tracked yourself for this big yeah, project. 67,000 right. hours. <laughs> yeah, 67 yeah. seconds. <laughs> 67,000 hours. Wow. I did all of this this morning, by the way. Thank you. Thank you for your service, Mike. Uh, here's a fun thing. I didn't even realize I hadn't even installed TVOS 15 on my TV. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, so there you go. I've I've really gone through a whole new level of uh, of review this year. Wow. Yeah. We appreciate it. This episode of Connected is made possible by Instabug. Building mobile apps presents some challenges. Bugs, crashes, and performance issues can be nightmares for developers. But what if you can not only detect all these issues, but understand the quality of your app from your user's point of view? Instabug's lightweight SDK grabs all the insights you need to build quality apps. Through comprehensive bug and crash reports, performance monitoring, and real-time user feedback all in one SDK. With Instabug, you can continuously monitor and measure the performance of your app as perceived by your users. You can engage with those users by letting them report issues and submit questions right from inside the app. And you get all the information you need about bugs, crashes, and other issues. And you can fix those issues in record time, all with a focus on privacy and security. And you don't have to worry about the hassle of switching to new tooling. It only takes a minute to integrate Instabug into your app, and it fits right within your workflow. With support for Slack, Trello, GitHub, Zendesk, and more. Or wherever you handle your issues. Maybe you're like Federico and just writing them down on sticky notes. That's true. Join over 25,000 top mobile developers around the world who use Instabug to ship high-quality apps. Go to try.instabug.com connected. That's try.instabug.com connected. Our thanks to Instabug for their support of the show and RelayFM. Okay, so we have, we have gotten the important work of the tvOS review out of the way, and now we move mm-hmm. to Apple's less important product, the new iPhone. Federico, do you have one now? I have two of them. In fact, oh, big money. I have. I have an, no. These are. I have two. I have two review units. One for an iPhone 13, and another for an iPhone 13 Pro Max. Um, posted a picture on Twitter. I have a gold Pro Max and a product red iPhone 13. Um, mostly been using the 13 Pro Max, but I also played around with the 13 yesterday and this morning. So yeah. I have two. I've been collecting my thoughts. I've been playing around with the camera, um, taking some cinematic videos, and uh, we can talk about these products. 
how did you both set your phones up? I have many thoughts here and many complaints. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, uh, just before, wait one uh-huh. second. Stephen, how did, do you have many complaints? I did the direct transfer deal. That was the thing this year. Everyone was, everyone's on the direct transfer train, right? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I don't know why you wouldn't do it. Mine did take five and a half hours, so it took oh! a long time. But Mine took two and a half. But I had my Android phone set up with a SIM card in it, so I was able to take a phone to go pick up my kids from school. Right. <laughs> just leave my right. iPhones here on my desk doing their thing. Mine uh, was two and a half hours, but I was setting up my iPad mini during the time, so I kind of didn't care. But mine had no problems. The only apps I've had to log back into were the bank apps, which I expected. Mm-hmm. And the official Twitter app, because it's bad, was all logged out. I was like, okay, mine, come on. Mine was logged in. Mine uh, too. In the Twitter app, I stayed logged in. The huh. only apps that I was logged out of were phone apps slack but that was because i was on test flight yeah they don't it doesn't move test flight apps which is a little bit annoying no. i hope they they you know, can uh fix that because test thought. flights are public you know i had a thought about how to fix this for next time uh, i won't remember this but mm-hmm. if it's an application that has a store version download the store version oh, over yes. the top of the test flight do the transfer and then reinstall the test flight back over the top of it a little test flight sandwich yeah I won't remember this. I no. I will tell you this now. I will not remember to do this. Um, but at least signing into Slack isn't that bad now because you can do like the email thing and, and yeah. it has all of them there. The problem is I'm in like six different Slack channels. With and three I different email addresses. Yeah, with six uh, different email addresses. I think yeah, they're all different. <laughs> in theory, it works. But yeah, you've if you're not a, have that a person. Up, right. Who's gotten out of control in Slack? So mine went pretty well. Um, mine went pretty well too. I, I ended up with the 13 Pro Max Sierra Blue. I really like the Sierra Blue. It turns out the Midnight case is not black. It's definitely like a dark kind of indigoy blue black color, but it's fine and uh, mm-hmm. it looks nice on this with the Sierra Blue. I think. Mm. So Federico, okay. what happened? Um, it's not as good as people have been tweeting about it. Um, so for I, you. You know, yeah. for me, for me, yes. Yeah, he, he, Everything I say is my opinion. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. He's a direct transfer of truther. My... Is what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Everything I say represents the view of my employer, who is also me. Um, so everyone was tweeting about it, and I figured, you know, it, it's the thing this year. Every once in a while, in our community, someone says something, and everybody starts doing it. I guess I mm-hmm. also do that from time to time, but. Still, yes. In yeah. this case, this I was you, on the receiving end of the hot take. There you, go. you know, but it's okay so, when it's your like when it, when you say oh, it and everyone does a thing. That's fine. Yeah, because I'm always right. <laughs> that's the thing. Um, so okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a different topic. In any mm-hmm. case, um, everyone was tweeting about it, so I figured, you know, I'm also gonna do this and see what happens. First of all, it. Uh, tells me this is going to take one hour and a half, and it was like almost three hours. Mm -hmm. So, you know, right there is the first issue. The second issue is um, I ran into a bunch of problems and things that were not transferred at all, uh, and which made me question, like, what's the advantage of this over just restoring from an iCloud backup? You've left out an important middle part, I feel like. I have a dramatic reading from our uh, iMessage thread. 
which is Federico saying, I accidentally cancelled the transfer from my iPhone. <laughs> FFFFFFFFFF. I just yes. want to state that there is a potential that you may have caused some issues for yourself. Nope. No, 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 no. Uh, no? I, <laughs> Impossible. That, that never finished because, and, and I'm going to get to that. Um, okay. I'm talking about the actual transfer that was completed afterwards. Ah, um, okay. Did you refer? The first like, one. What happens when you do cancel it, by the way? Uh, it just stops and it says the transfer was cancelled. You gotta uh -huh. erase your phone and start over from the very oh. first welcome <laughs> screen when it says oh. ciao in Italian. I was taken back to that. Um, uh -huh. I cancelled it because here's the problem. So when you start the transfer on the old phone, so on the iPhone 12 Pro Max in my case, um, the transfer screen takes over the entire device. Yes. But I was waiting for a phone call yesterday. Right. Right. And that phone call never arrived. And I was getting concerned that, I don't know, I had never done this before. And I wondered, is it maybe possible that when you're doing this thing, like it's not showing you any notifications whatsoever? And, mm -hmm. I'm, I, and this person actually called me and I missed the call because I'm doing this transfer. Um, so I... Like, it's not, when I say I accidentally cancelled it, I manually cancelled it, but I shouldn't have because it turns out it doesn't block phone calls. Those are the only yeah. thing that comes in when you're doing the transfer. I was, my phone still kept buzzing, but just nothing was happening. Mine didn't because I disabled the buzzing for everything on my phone. Mm. And so that's why I was confused. I shouldn't have cancelled it and because that was silly. The phone call was not there. And later I realized, oh, phone calls are the only thing that comes in. So f right there, I feel like there should be like some sort of explanation of like what happens when you're doing this transfer on the old phone. If you're waiting for yeah. an emergency, will you get that phone call or something else? There should be some kind of explanatory screen, I think, or some sort of message or something. I don't know. Still... I wait three hours. It's longer, almost double than what it was initially advertised. And I'm going to go through the list of things that happened. Um, when I set up this phone, I saw on the home screen basically all of my icons uh, doing the download thing. Just like you see when you set up a device from iCloud Backup. That's where normal. That okay. Nothing mm -hmm. was wrong with it. I was surprised by this too. I was based. I was basing my like my my strategy here on what I saw on Twitter of people saying it transferred everything perfect, everything moved. It's like no, mm -hmm. it's it's not like a one to one copy. Yeah, it's, it's downloading still... the apps, but it's keeping the data. Okay, so yeah. I was I was surprised, surprised by, by this. I thought it okay. hadn't worked. When my I was phone like, was okay, done. fine. At least I still have my wallpaper. I still have the apps in the same arrangement and my home screens for focus modes. So that's mm -hmm. good. I set it up, signed in with my iCloud account, everything is working. I open iMessage and I see this error message that I've never seen before. I sent you guys a screenshot. <laughs> yeah. I what didn't did even it know say? iMessage could do this. It was like a <laughs> special Let me see if I can find it. It was like a special alert. Yeah, I pulled it up. In bold, iMessage is signed out. An error occurred in your account, your iCloud email, is signed out of iMessage. You may miss messages as a result. Please go to settings to address <laughs> this issue. But it's not a modal. It's like slid down. It's like from a drop the, down. Yeah, from it, the it's little. Very strange. The little uh, name of our group. Very uh -huh. strange. Yeah. So I went to settings, but I was signed in, 
And what mm. happened there, after a few minutes, the alert just went away and I was able to resume my iMessaging with you guys. So, Important okay. stuff. Um, all of my shortcuts, well, not but all, out of 170 shortcuts, 150 of them were moved out of folders and placed in the all shortcuts default folder. So basically, all of my folders except for one are now empty and everything has been thrown back into the all shortcuts default category. And I imagine for Federico Fatici, that's a lot Nonsense. of organization. It's like a there's a lot of organization went into that. I, you know, some people enjoy this. I don't. I don't like organizing my shortcuts library over and over mm -hmm. and over. Like I just like to do it once and be done with it. But now everything has been reset. Um, no apps that were based on a Google login kept their credentials. Now that's the same for me. Google. That was the same for me. I had to log into mm -hmm. all my Google apps again. Yeah, because because yep. apps can set uh, can I guess set a setting or a flag saying don't don't move credentials or don't back up credentials. And mm -hmm. of course, Google would do the worst option, right? Of course. Like, of, of course. course they would. Of course they would. Because, um, ooh, my Google Docs, right? Like, uh, yeah. yeah. Ooh, so scary. Um, like I said, the, uh, the, the transfer kept my shortcuts widgets and my icons on the home screen. Uh, but when I tried to run those shortcuts, I kept getting and like... NS user something, not user activity, like NS URL domain minus one error. <laughs> it's like, what is, like, uh, NS URL Coco domain, something like that. It's like, what is oh this? Oh my God. What is this? <laughs> and I figured, oh, I know what's happening here. Um, so you know how in iOS 15, there's a new privacy section inside each individual shortcut um, where you can review all of the privacy permissions that you've granted to each shortcut. Um, those privacy permissions were transferred from the old phone to the new phone. But the problem is it's the system isn't working and it thinks that oh, you've set the privacy permissions, but actually you haven't set them on this new device. So what I had to do to resuming being able to use all of my shortcuts, regardless of whether I was using them from the widget or from inside the shortcuts app, I need, because I still haven't finished doing this, I need to reset the privacy permissions in all of my shortcuts one by one. I need to go into the privacy screen of, again, each single shortcut and tap on the reset privacy button because those permissions, they don't carry over when you transfer from the old phone to the new phone. As you can imagine, this is quite a thing that I have to do now for hundreds of shortcuts. Um, whether you've granted access to a folder or a website, to any kind of like photos, you know, any kind of permission, it carries over in the UI, but it doesn't actually carry over when you try to use the shortcut. Um, so that's that was another thing. Um, test flight betas, of course, don't carry over. Now, I understand like this is the fact, like test flight betas don't carry over. Why do we need to accept this? Yeah, like, no, I agree with you. Why? Like, I know, uh, yeah, I, I, it's like, yeah, I know this is the case. I know, well, it's, well, I think it's the wrong approach. Like, what the, like, I don't care. Fix like, it. Like, if, if it was not Apple test flight, you know, like how test flight used to be, fine. But, yeah. like, I don't understand why this is an issue. Like, I am literally signing into my Apple ID, all of my yep. accounts. I have yep. my old phone here and my new phone here. 
transfer it. I don't care yeah. if this is what it's like right now. Make it better. And, you know, I was kind of hoping that, you know, it's been a few years since we've had this new setup process. Just make it better. And lastly, I realized maybe this is a very specific thing, but profiles don't carry over either. So all of my custom fonts, I opened Obsidian and I was presented with Times New Roman, I believe, uh, because my custom installation of SF Mono uh, did not carry over. Now, I understand it's like, oh, it's the way things are. And I think the way things are is wrong. Like, you mm -hmm. should transfer everything. Like, why is it so that we are on version 15 of iOS? We've had this thing for 15 years, 14 technically, and we still do not have a like an exact one-to-one -one way to transfer old thing into the new thing. Like, I don't care. Let me confirm my password 50 different times. Just don't let me do the setup again. Just don't, don't let me manual. Just move it over exactly as it is. And it it's not that. Yeah, like migration assistant, basically, right? Like, Just, I, I, am I right, Stephen? Like migration assistant is effectively, it's a one-to-one. Yeah. Do that. And it's still like, I understand that some people think that this is the, that they did it, that they finally did it, they fix it, but no, they didn't fix it. It's maybe slightly better than before, but this is still not it, in my opinion. I wonder it if is, the, I would say, I wonder if with the custom fonts, like the team that works on migration, like didn't know there were custom fonts on iOS. Like everyone just forgot about that feature. <laughs> like what? <laughs> <laughs> There's what now? <laughs> you can do fonts? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so yeah. I, I would say, like, I can see that you have had those issues, right? And so, like, if you're having those issues, then the system is not uh, good enough. And also, like, um, even though some of the issues you had, I, d I don't think are the standard. There was a bunch of things in there that was the same for me, right? Like a bunch of apps didn't transfer the data over or there's like these weird uh, edge cases for certain types of things like test flight or whatever. So it could 100% be better than it is right now. Like I would say for me, this is the the quote unquote best experience after the fact but I still had mm. to wait for a couple of hours for my phone to do whatever on earth it was doing you know yeah yeah I agree with that um, it was better for for the iPhone 13 um, maybe the problem oh, okay you, you've had a decent experience then with the other phone yeah because that that one we tried with Sylvia's Apple ID and maybe it's that she has less things on her iPhone Federico, you know what it is, right? Base 64! Yeah! <laughs> yeah! No, no. I have spent, I have spent the past week, okay? So uh -huh. I've been working on a brand new version of my Apple Frames shortcut. The one that puts the screenshots that you take on your device into the pretty physical device frames. I have spent a week recreating my entire system for storing those images as, yes, base64 encoded text. And I'm now storing that as a separate document in the Files app because it's, been, it's become impossible to keep that in shortcuts at this point. You know, that shortcut got so huge, and by huge I mean 20 megabytes, but I guess in shortcuts, own little word, 20 megabytes for a shortcut is too much. Um, I wasn't able to share that shortcut anymore. For example, on iCloud, it would just give me an error. 
uh, I couldn't share the file for that shortcut anymore. Um, and I'm now storing that as a separate document in iCloud Drive. It's like a text file. It, so I don't think it's that. But even then, like, if you make a tool for power users and you like to, rightfully so, I think, point out how much you've invested into making the tool better for power users this year, uh, you know, you cannot have it both ways. You can't say, oh, we made it better for power users, but, but also, oh, no, that's an edge case for power users, you know? <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so I feel like absolutely, like, yes, I'm doing wild things with shortcuts because you allow me to do those things. So, yeah, again, make it better. And, I mean, there's a whole separate conversation about shortcuts in iOS 15, which is, at the moment, um, it's honestly a mess right now. I don't know if it's SwiftUI. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like the read yet another redesign of shortcuts because it's also coming to the Mac. The Mac I, I the Mac version, oh, John has been playing around with that. And let me tell you it's even worse. It's real than bad. IOS. It's yeah. really bad. I don't know how oh, they're gonna ship this thing. Bad in a few bad weeks. and like worse and crashy oh. uh oh, no, no, inconsistent. No, no. I have a screenshot for you guys. Hold oh on. okay. This makes oh. me sad because I was super excited. But I John guess... sent me a screenshot today saying, trying to set a parameter in shortcuts for Mac. And you should see uh, an empty, translucent <laughs> window <laughs> on top Coming of Coming from shortcuts. the menu bar? <laughs> Coming from... What's it doing yeah, up there? I have no idea. But, um, yeah. yeah. That's fine. So, Yeah. So we'll see with shortcuts, but yeah, this transfer uh, could, could better than in previous years. Maybe still not perfect. Like when I when I when I see this tweet say, "No, it's perfect." No, it's not perfect. Uh, to come back to shortcuts for a second, um, I've used a couple of apps that are built completely out of SwiftUI, like Shortcuts is now, right? Like it's all, it's all SwiftUI basically on the iPhone now, right? Is that uh, right? I think so. As far yeah. as at least it's a lot of SwiftUI, right? There's a lot of it, yeah. I don't think complex applications can be built out of SwiftUI right now. I'm gonna say especially something. if they have previously existed in another form. I, I am gonna say something. Okay. I it's my job to talk to developers. We cover a lot of apps. Um I see a lot of developer thoughts and reactions. And I'm asking this, and I'm asking this uh, with, like, uh, I'm keeping an open mind. I respect the folks working on SwiftUI. We say this all the time, which you're like, we don't hate anybody. We're just critics, you know, and we point out flaws. But is SwiftUI good <laughs> would be my question. Like, I think it is a very good idea. Uh, yes, and I think you've nailed it. Yeah. But it's uh, it's still early, right? Like to to do what it is trying to do, which is a huge thing, we're still pretty early in that cycle, right? So like I have used a bunch of apps that are made out of SwiftUI that are new or are simpler, and it works great. Like you, it's fine. You would never know that there was a problem, right? Like there are no problems. It just it looks good. It's nice and simple. I think where I've seen it start to fall down is applications that are, as I say, pre-existing that are complicated. It seems like that's where a lot of the issues lie. Like, you know, I'm very aware of the fact that, like, it, it, SwiftUI is apparently fantastic for watchOS development. Like, just 
really great. Like I was talking to underscore David Smith about this, and he thinks it's it's a really great system for watch development. I I'm not sure if it's ready uh, to really do its thing for complicated apps of some description, and and I really don't know how it's going to fare on uh, non iOS related platforms. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I don't know. I feel like, and I see this especially with complex applications that are doing like very complex things like multiple levels of navigation, nested menus, drag and drop, you know, those more advanced interactions. And I keep running into these issues and explanation of like, oh yeah, that's Swift UI. And I wonder, maybe it just isn't ready for that kind of experience just yet. And you have to ask like, is it, like, the way I see it, you should be wondering, like, is it better for the customer, for the end user, to run into all these problems? Because I, the developer, really wanted to use this fancy new framework, but does it actually enable me to provide a better experience to users? Because ultimately, that should be your goal, right? To have a stable, solid, useful experience, especially for productivity apps. But if that's not the case, is it worth it to use a young, maybe, framework that still has some growing pains? just because it's fancy and new and the future, where it may be the future, but the present is so buggy? That's my question. My, my argument would be probably not. Probably anyway, not. we are, I don't even know how we got here at this no, point. No, me neither. <laughs> uh, but this is where we are. Can we go back to talking about the iPhone now, Welcome please? Welcome to Connected, a Swift UI show. <laughs> Can we talk about the iPhone? Because, like, again, like, you know, we are, I mean... Maybe there's a slide. There's definitely a sliding scale of understanding of this stuff. I am at the bottom of that. I am expecting oh, yeah. probably Federico's at the top of that scale. No, mm, yeah, but even, mm. Mm, I think of the three of us, you've probably spent the most time looking at this. Stephen, you can correct me if you think I'm wrong. I'm a big Swift UI boy over here. <laughs> I knew. I knew I was gonna say this. <laughs> okay, great. So we're gonna we're gonna re no we're gonna re we're gonna refactor that scale. Steven is now the most knowledgeable. Steven, please tell us something about it. Uh well you can use it to make your UIs quickly. Ah, oh. is that what it means? Whoa. I didn't know that. Guys, so I'll, hold on. I have some breaking news. Okay. In iOS 15.1 beta 2 <laughs> they fixed the yeah. Apple Watch unlock. No way. Yeah. yeah. No way. This episode of Connected is also made possible by Discourse. Discourse was founded in 2013 by Jeff Atwood from Stack Overflow, Robin Ward, and Sam Saffron. It's a powerful, flexible, open-source community platform where discussions are searchable, so you can find all the relevant details for your project. The platform is designed with moderation in mind, helping you keep the discussions on track and the value high, while minimizing the impact of trolls and spam. You don't want those. Discourse integrates with a bunch of awesome web services like Zapier, Patreon, Memberful, and more. Uh, I help run a Discourse server for the Mac Power users community, and it's a fantastic tool. The The moderation tools really are good. It's very easy to see what's going on. And it's just a, a great place if you want to build an internet community, a great platform for that. Discourse offers a 100% 14-day free trial. After that, plans start at just $100 a month. 
and the folks at Discourse are giving connected listeners 50% off your first two months after you start your subscription. Just go to discourse.org and use the coupon code RELAY2021 when signing up. That's discourse.org, code RELAY2021 when signing up for 50% off your first two months. They also have a new offering, Discourse for Teams. It's perfect for smaller teams or businesses looking to use Discourse to collaborate. And because it's private and it's focused, this these Discourse instances have uh, additional features. So new sidebars, automatic icebreakers, team updates, a lot of features really focused for a small team or a small business looking to work together more efficiently and more effectively. There's not a current offer code for Teams, but... Uh, those plans are just $20 a month. And if you want to learn more, go to teams.discourse.com. Uh, if you want to sign up for a 100% 14-day free trial, again, that's discourse.org and the coupon code RELAY2021. Our thanks to Discourse for their support of the show and Relay FM. The cameras on these phones are really fun, huh? Yeah. I they really like are. the features they added. I like the macro mode a lot, and I like cinematic mode a lot too. Me too. But <laughs> so I have I've been having so much fun with the macro mode on the 13 Pro Max. Mm-hmm. I've been you guys know because I've been sending you photos. I have it's been funny to watch you because you when did you get your phone yesterday? Yesterday, yeah, it's been really entertaining for me to watch you go through last Friday. Right, yeah, because you got it a yeah. little later, so like you're like, Oh, have you guys seen this? And, yep, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. Well, you know, I only got that excitement once a year, so let me have it. Please. You can have it. I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm into it. You keep mm. sending me pictures of eyeballs, you know. Yes, you want, I've been, baby. I've been taking pictures of eyeballs of my family, so mm-hmm. um, everyone has been so kind to let, let you know, let me photograph their eyeballs and i appreciate it uh, and it's really quite impressive you can see what the what the eye is made of which is kind of gross and beautiful at the same time it's a weird feeling to see the material that makes anyway um the macro mode is fun but i feel like it's kind of strange that there's no ui for it mm-hmm. like that it quote-unquote just works but it's not like a like a toggle it's not like a mode of the yeah. camera app, you, you just do it, which... It was a I strange ap- decision. I can appreciate, it's like, oh, you don't need to worry about it, you just get up, plo- up close and you take a photo. Sure. But this is also the same camera app that has icons for everything. Mm-hmm. There are like multiple buttons for the flash and live photo and all sorts of options. Wouldn't it have been better to also have a button for the macro mode at this point? Mm. You know? It's coming. Like, Okay, <laughs> well. <laughs> According to some journalists, Apple is aware of it and they're adding it. Like, so they will add it. It was a strange a strange decision though, right? Because like, I understand that like, uh, I think what they were building off of is that the lenses change automatically depending on what you have available to you. So if you're in a low light situation, you don't actually get the telephoto. You get just like a cropped version of the uh, wide angle lens, right? Like they've been doing this for years. So you can see how they were like, oh, well, if someone just gets up close, we'll just switch to the macro mode because it will be better for focus, blah, blah, blah. But the problem is it physically switches the camera so most of the time once it's switched i'm not hovering over the thing i want to take a picture of anymore 
which is very funny for me. Like you go up close to something and then you're right on it and then it switches and now you've like got to move the camera again. But anyway, I'm pleased it's going to change. So I've also had some weirdness where I've not wanted to take a macro photo, but the phone, but the, the cameras wanted me to. <laughs> yeah. Look what I can do. Let me do a macro <laughs> picture for you. Just I feel like in this case, these are some complex things that Apple is doing with, you know, computational photography, all that sort of stuff. But, I feel like a better way to do this is just look at portrait mode. Like you press a button and then the camera yeah. tells you move closer. Like it gives you like plain English instructions on what you're supposed to do. And I feel like that resonates with people because it feels like, oh yeah, I'm doing it right. You know, good, good job me in following the <laughs> same with pano mode. It literally tells you slow down <laughs> and you're like, okay, sorry phone, I'm slowing down. But yeah, just let me press a button that says macro mode and like get closer. And like, okay, I'm going to do that. And you know, instructions, what an idea. It is truly incredible though, just how close you can get. Like, yeah, it's I love it, man. I'm taking pictures of everything. It's it's so great. Like I'm into it. I've I've wanted this for a long time. You know, for taking pictures of like keyboard related stuff or whatever. Like it, I I like it. This is a very good feature. That I'm very happy to have. Yes. But overall, like and also cinematic mode, it's fun to play with. I think my favorite thing about cinematic mode is the editing after the fact. You know, yes. I think that that is incredibly cool technology that you can go to a video afterwards and change who's in, who or what is in focus or you know change like to have the focus track across an image like so someone's walking along keeping them focused the whole time or that you can also change the amount of like uh, blur is on the image like with portrait and all that kind of stuff i think it's super cool i think as a version 1 is i think better than portrait mode version 1 was uh, which makes sense, right? Because it's it's building on what they've learned, and I mean, I just expect that in a few years' time, this is going to be a like a excellent feature, right? Like right now, it's like really good and fun to play around with, but maybe you don't want to shoot everything this way. Um, but I could imagine it being more of a default option in the future. If you want to see, by the way, like what an actual professional can do with this, friend of the show, Tyler Stallman, made a really great uh, video on YouTube where he did an extended cinematic mode thing, and it looks fantastic because he knows what he's doing. Uh, I recommend people go and watch it if they kind of want an idea for what this feature is able to do in the right hands. But uh, I know I've been uh, enjoying taking... And a video just stuff in my studio and just changing focus and stuff. I just think it's fun. It's like really fun. It's really well done. It's, it's super fun. It's like you're sort of like changing reality in a way. Like this is what you saw and what you did, but also you can alter that mm -hmm. after. And it's yep. so cool. I think it's really well done. It's fun to, you know, I have two dogs and I and I did this video last night where I was like focusing on Ginger and then like there was Zelda that was blurred in the background and then I kept changing focus between them and that was super fun. I think it's fun. Do you boys remember the Lytro camera? Yep. We said this on the show. Last, yeah. Didn't we? Did we? Mm -hmm. I, I think know. we did. I think, yes. Lytro was a company that like built a camera that could do this. This was their whole thing about changing uh, focus after the fact all the way back in 2006. Wow. Okay, so there you go. Now they're a feature in the camera app of the iPhone. <laughs> well, they're not. It is. Yeah. Yeah, they're gone. <laughs> they shut down in 2018. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the cinematic is cool. Uh, being able to change it after the fact feels wild. Like that shouldn't be a thing that you can do. I love it. Yeah, I but love it, it. it's it's it is cool. Um, 
I think I agree with you that it's better than portrait photos were in the beginning. And I think that's really impressive because this seems way more complicated to me than portrait mm-hmm. photo stuff was. And so I can imagine that they're using, if not the same, I mean, they're not using the same technology, I don't think, but uh, necessarily, but, you know, building on where they've been. And that that's exciting. Promotion. Incredible. Makes a difference. You can see right? it right away. I love I'm it. I'm so happy that you agree with me here, Federico. Because I think various people have different. I mean, when I was obviously Stevens turned it off. It's like this, right? Yeah. Did you oh, even yeah. try it? Uh, yeah, for like a few minutes, and then I thought yeah. I was going to die, so I turned it off. Mm-hmm. That's wow. fine. Okay. Uh, I love it. It makes everything on my phone feel like an absolute joy to use. Yes. That's how I kind of. It makes me happy because everything is so smooth and responsive, and everything moves so quickly, and it f- just feels nice. It's excellent. It feels nice. It's faster. And not just like, oh, it looks faster. It actually is faster. And you can try this, for example, do a quick test. Um, We used to do these tests years ago on the iPad Pro, and now it's also the case on the iPhone. Um, Try to tap quickly twice on a folder and watch how quickly the second time you tap, the folder closes. Like, you know, if you try and tap on a folder... Oh, like a folder of apps? Oh, yeah. On the folder of apps on the home screen, you tap twice and it opens and, and closes, right? It flashes briefly on screen. On the ProMotion display, it closes faster because the animation is faster because the, the screen refreshes more quickly than the other one. So it, it actually is faster than the older models. And I just love it when you're scrolling, like reading articles in Safari, um, you know, mail. I mean, I'm not getting excited about, you know, uh, high refresh rate in, in email messages, but still, you can tell the difference. Like when you're scrolling photos, it's beautiful. I love it. It's, I'm so happy that it's here and uh, I can tell the difference right away. And it's now it now leaves the iPad mini as, of course, the only device that I have with <laughs> the bad display. But yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I love it. Uh, one more thing before we move on about the... The cameras, um, oh, okay. I um, the camera specifically the camera app. Uh, we were talking about this on iMessage. I feel like the camera app is next in line for needing some kind of customization redesign. And by that I mean the camera at this point. I mean, of of course, it's amazing what you can do with an iPhone, but it has a lot of features. There are a lot of buttons, a lot of icons, and I feel like over the years, Apple has been adding more and more symbols and menus that expand and collapse, and there's a ton of different modes that you can switch back and forth. I feel like it'd be helpful now to be able to say, you know what, I don't need to see these buttons, let me Mm -hmm. disable them. Some basic customization, like, I mean, look at Apple Music, for example. I know that it's a different uh, experience, but in Apple Music, you can go in and say, I don't want to see this da- these uh, sections in my library. Mm. I just want to turn those off. And you should be able to do the same in the camera because I can imagine, like, I never use features like time-lapse, for example. Why is it an option there? You know, and there's like... Or if, multi- or if I ever need it, like, I don't mind going through a couple of menus to get it. But exactly. Like, make the, like that, the, this whole like swiping down thing or whatever it is to get to the certain actions, I would prefer some of those to be 
immediately available to yeah. me. Like yeah. I don't I don't need the live photos toggle there because I always have it on. And if I want to turn it off, I will edit the photo after the fact and turn it off. Right? Exactly. Like, that one exactly. doesn't need to be there all the time. Yeah. I agree with you. Like I like that they have so many options. Yes, me too. But it would be cool if I could maybe say which ones I care about the most. Yeah. And lastly, I don't understand, and I know that there's a technical explanation for this, I don't understand photographic styles. I don't understand why we have both filters in photos and photographic styles. Like, what? Do you want me to explain it to you? Yeah. Because you said you don't care, but I can explain it to you if you want me to. Maybe I will care after you explain it to me. All right, so filters, you take an image and you put something over the top of it and it changes the color of the entire image, right? So you, okay. everything is changed because you've just applied this filter over the top. And so it's, it's changed all the colors of the image. The filter is equally applied to the entire image and different colors will react differently to the filter because you've, you're just putting something over the top of it. With photographic styles, which also is funny to me because it sounds like, I said this on Upgrade, but it sounds like this person's related to Harry Styles. I don't know what exactly why it is to me, but photographic styles sounds like a person. But with photographic styles, you are you are changing some of the effects to so say like the warmness or the contrast of an image but it is applied with like a sliding scale depending on what mm. so like it's not equally applied to the entire image so the different parts of the image will be affected by the photographic style in different ways so it's being basically put into the image processing part that apple has right so they have their image processing stack and you are now tweaking parts of that image processing so the difference is when you take that photo that's just the image you can't take the filter away you can't take the style away it's part of the image it's baked into it Right, so you can say like, I want my images to have more contrast, or I want my images to be cooler or warmer, and it changes all of the things needed. But it doesn't do stuff that's not necessary. So, for example, it doesn't affect skin tone as much as say the color of a wall, because the skin tone should probably remain somewhat similar to real life. So it just tweaks the image a little bit rather than like universally applying this color filter to the entire image. Does that help? Uh, yeah, thank you. I still okay. feel like it's kind of confusing. Like it still feels like they are two similar things and one is a slightly different mode and they shouldn't be two separate features. Well, then I've not done a good job of explaining it. So No, uh, no, I understand what I understand the difference. It just feels like it's like you're still modifying the look. I, I'm trying to think as a normal person here, mm -hmm. right? And I'm a yeah. normal person looking at the camera and like, okay, these two things, they kind of change the colors slightly differently, but they are two separate things that I now need to understand. And mm -hmm. maybe it should be unified into the same feature that you... I don't know. It just feels kind of confusing to have two separate interfaces for all of this. I understand that they do different things, but it's also kind of similar when you look at it, you're, yeah, you're kind of changing the color. You know, you're kind of changing the tone and that. I don't know. It feels okay, so kind of confusing. Let me see if I can try and do it again. Uh, again, like just in case this might be a better explanation in case anybody else isn't following. So, you know, like if you go to an image and you go to edit the image and then you can change warmth, brightness, contrast, sharpness. Yeah, which I never do, but yes, I understand. Right, I but know. someone can do that if they want to. Photographic Styles does some of that stuff before. And why would you do it before? Because if you're always making those amendments to an image, isn't it nicer to just have the camera snap the photo that way? But you can also like 
take a picture with a, with a style and then go mm-hmm. in photos and apply the filters. Yeah, but I don't know why you would do that. But it's there. See, that's my problem. Yeah, but you can that- still do it. But and that, but okay. So again, right? So I I am someone who, when I post photos to Instagram, I I heavily edit them. Right? I use Visco and I heavily edit them. This is a callback to when Tyler came on the show and he taught me how to do this, and then I've been doing it since. There is some stuff that I will eventually work out how my photographic style to do, to do a lot of that before, so I need to do less work after. If I'm always making similar edits to like saturation or warmth, because that's the way that I like images to look, it's just easier and nicer for me to have those applied to every photo that I take. Okay. Rather than needing to like always do the edits always, you know? So. Got it, got it. Now I understand. And yeah, okay. So it is confusing is w- because they are like on the face of it very similar features, right? Like I feel like everyone is just gonna call them filters, you know? Yes. Um and and it's one of those cases why I wish I could customize the UI to just remove that thing with the new icon because I'm never going to do this. Like the way I think about photos is I take the standard photo and then I'm going to edit the photo. Mm-hmm. I, just the way I think, you know? And mm-hmm. I understand. Thank you. I wish I could turn it off. Well, it is off. No, but there's an icon for it. Only when you go into the little thing. Yeah, I don't want to see it. <laughs> That's just you never want to see it. I want to. I just wish that I could make the camera UI a bit more simplified because yeah. if okay. it makes me okay. feel bad that I'm not tapping all these buttons and using all these features because I'm not a pro. Like, I just want to take a photo and I want Apple to tell me, look, we're taking what we believe is the best photo for you. Like, now I'm starting to feel the pressure of, oh, look at all these buttons here. Am I supposed to use... Like, I, maybe it's weird. Maybe it's just me, but I feel kind of bad for not using them and for seeing them at all times. I think one other difference to consider is that, at least the way Apple talks about it, the styles do more to preserve uh, some of the, like, the sky should be blue, a person's face should look like this, where the filters don't necessarily have that intelligence because the styles are being, like, baked in to the process that the that the image pipeline uses. Whether that's a big difference in practice, I don't, I don't know. I haven't played with it and, like, compared them side by side. But... I think that Mike's point of the convenience of it is probably why most people who are interested in this will use it. But I, I do think that if you're editing all your photos the, in the same stylistic way, an additional benefit of moving to this may be that they actually end up looking better in certain ways. But I agree with what you're saying. If you don't ever want to use that feature, like I never want to use filters, I don't need the button there. Yeah. Well, thank you for the explanation. This episode of Connected is brought to you by our friends over at Hover, one of Relay FM's longest-running sponsors. When you have that big idea for a new business or project, where do you go? Where do you start? Hover is the first big leap. They have over 300 domain name extensions to choose from. So no matter what you want to build, there's a domain name waiting for it. They have excellent technical support to answer any questions you may have, and they're dedicated to getting you online, not upselling you. Everything is intuitive and just works straight out of the box. Their UX and UI is simple, clean, and easy to navigate. You get a bunch of great features like free who is privacy so the bad guys don't get your information. And they have monthly sales on popular top-level domains 
Look, it's really easy to see why Hover is the popular choice for people starting businesses or projects. All of my domains are at Hover. Anytime I've got a new project or, let's be honest, a joke comes up on a show, uh, Hover is where I go. I can search for the keywords, if, and if my domain I want is not available, it makes really great suggestions, and I can find what I want and very quickly and easily check out. So buy your domain and start using it today. Go to hover.com connected and get a 10% discount on all new purchases. That URL one more time, hover.com connected. Make a name for yourself with Hover. Our thanks to Hover for their support of the show and Relay FM. Uh, we have iPad minis now, not just uh, big fancy Federico. So uh, I wanted to talk. Uh, Stephen, I want you to tell me uh, what your experience with the iPad mini has been so far. It's been it's been really great. So I did the direct transfer thing for my iPad Pro, but then I basically rebuilt the home screen to really be focused on things like reading and media. I've got to say it's it's great for like an around the house sort of. I'm watching a YouTube video while you know washing dishes or something, and and I just want something small on the counter. Or mm-hmm. uh, of course, you know everyone says reading in bed or reading on the couch is great for that. Uh, the size really is fantastic. It feels a lot better than the old iPad mini design. The flat edges, of course, are awesome, but it's just it's just more comfortable to hold, I think. And I think the flat edge design has really proven to scale really well from like the big 13-inch iPad Pro down to this one. And I've been I've been very impressed. I do have a weird issue. I want to see if y'all can hear this, okay? Okay. Oh, that was me tapping the mic. That wasn't the sound. Hang on. I heard that. That sounds like there's a problem with your microphone. Here's the sound. There's no sound. Well, my Touch ID button on mine moves side to side a little bit. It's very weird. Does yours do that? No, mine is completely solid. Like it it wiggles in the spot that it's in, do you mean? Yeah. Like it slides. Slightly, maybe. Oh, yeah. Actually, a very little bit. Like a 16th of an inch. Like just a hair. Isn't that always the case? Like it was the case with the iPad Air before, I think. I wouldn't have noticed that before you mentioned it. Yeah. Well, now that's all you can think about. So maybe yours yours is a little more. Maybe. I mean, I have a complex relationship with the Touch ID button. I do find myself just staring at my iPad expecting things to happen <laughs> and then they don't. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm happy you're here but I don't want you. Is kind of how I feel about it. Um it's like thank you for being here touch ID so I can open my iPad, but I really want face ID in, instead. But, you know, like beggars can't be choosers, I guess. Like I, I know I wasn't going to get that because Face ID has not found its way out of any of the two products lines that it's a part of, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I wasn't expecting it, but I still know that I would would want it. Yeah, and maybe over time it will come to like the iPad Air and then eventually this. I mean, history would suggest that that would occur, right? But just in general, you've actually made me think of something just in general. Like I have more thoughts that I want to share, but I was listening to App Stories this week and Federico put a fear in me. It could be a really long time before they update it. Oh, yeah. And that makes me feel uncomfortable about how much I love my iPad mini. Because I think this iPad is fantastic. I adore it. It's like perfect for what I want an iPad for, like most of the time right now. But I don't want to use just this one for the next six years. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that, that worries me a little bit. I uh, I think that's definitely possible. I mean, putting the A15 in this... 
Like they didn't have to do that, right? They could have done the A14 and I'm sure it would have been totally fine, but putting the current system on a chip on it definitely makes me think that this is the iPad mini that we're going to have for quite a long time. I'm good of a couple of years, right? Like two years, three years at most. Like I feel like I could live with that. After two years, it's going to feel weird. I think. But I'm still using a 2018 iPad Pro. Mm. Mm. And it's and I wouldn't know. Like my my 11 inch iPad Pro, I'm using the 2018 version, and it's like uh, it feels just as good as the 2020 iPad Pro that I have, right? Like the larger one. Like it, I don't feel any issue with it. But at a certain point, I know I will. And and the the thing is, is it wasn't so much time with the iPad Mini. It was more just like it was very visible that it was old. Like there were issues with it when you were using it, but you looked at it and it, it looked like a a relic of a bygone era, right? Yeah. In the realm of technology. And I really hope that that doesn't happen to this product because I think that they have really found like, they've re- this is like a really good sweet spot that they've hit for this iPad. Like I think it's perfect, obviously for reading and watching stuff. It's capable for handling work tasks if I need it to. You know, like a need to bring up two apps side by side and send an email while looking at referencing something on the other side. It is not how I would want to do all my work, but it is very capable of doing it from time to time. You know, I recommend if you do ever want to do that, uh, use the floating keyboard option on the iPad mini, right? So like you press and hold on the keyboard button and get the floating keyboard and you get like an iPhone keyboard because the landscape software keyboard on this thing makes basically the entire iPad unusable. Like you can't, read anything anymore which is very funny i find it it's very funny to me like if you were if you're wanting to do side by side multitasking and then you bring up the keyboard it's you know it's fine but it doesn't really work very well mm-hmm. i love my dark cherry cover it at least brings out a little of the purple in my ipad because <laughs> uh, otherwise you know as federico was saying it doesn't exist i've been very pleased i did the space gray and it reminds me of the old slate color they did on like the iPhone 5. Remember that? Like the really dark, it's like a very dark space gray. Well, because there is no space gray. It's just space gray is relative, yes. depending on the product. Uh, and John had talked me into the bright orange cover, which I really like the contrast. I will say I, I had missed the simplicity of like a little folio cover, right? It like flips over mm-hmm. and you can make a little stand out of it. It covers yep. the back. It's the first time I've ever had an iPad case that was not a keyboard that covered the back as well. So it's like this little orange notebook with a space gray interior. Makes it feel more book-like. Definitely. You know, which I like. Um, yeah, I'm into it. Like I, I, I don't really have anything more to say about it that hasn't already been said other than the fact that I love this little thing. I think it's fantastic. How are you using it? Basically for everything I'm using an iPad for. So... Reading in the morning, mm. um, social media stuff in the evening, mm. uh, checking some email, responding to messages, you know, like as in like, you know, maybe Slack messages, maybe iMessages or whatever. It's basically the only device I try to use when I'm at home. Mm. So I'm probably using it the most <laughs> out mm. of the three of us. Uh, and I am enamored by it. I think it is fantastic. So, so it's not it's not a secondary iPad. No, right now it's my primary well, iPad. Same. The main one. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Because I'd moved from the 12 to the 11 for this reason, right? Because I was finding that the majority of stuff that I was doing was using it as like my home computer, but not my work computer, if that makes sense. My work computer is at the studio. My home computer, so like just the thing I would use when I'm at home, was my iPad. And most of the time, I had it outside of the keyboard case because I wanted to be holding it to read and and stuff like that, right? Um, And then I would put it in the keyboard case whenever I wanted to type some stuff. And so right now, I'm still trying to kind of work out what that looks like with this iPad mini. I've been using the software keyboard and all that kind of stuff, obviously, the most. But maybe seeing if there's something else that I want to do there, I'm not sure. Um... But it is the, the, the iPad that I'm using most, and I, for the foreseeable future, expect that to be the case. Yeah, I, I, was, I was talking on MPU about this to David, where I've just finally just accepted that the iPad isn't a work product for me. Like, I just prefer to do it on a Mac, and that's it's fine. Uh, I'm not, you know, saying anything about anyone else's decisions. But in a way, the iPad mini makes that even easier because, like, I don't know. I feel like I have a set of expectations having an iPad Pro with a keyboard and a trackpad. In a way, this is so unlike my laptop. It kind of frees it up to be the iPad that how I want to use it. So um, I yeah. think this is one of those things where it's like the definition of work, right? Where like a massive part of my work, of my my work is like communicating with people. And this iPad's fantastic for that, you know? Um, and that's because I do a lot of that, like a lot of email, a lot of like dealing with salespeople and mm. communicating things in Google Sheets. And this iPad handles all of that stuff very, very well. I mean, there are times where I do wish I had a trackpad because I really love the trackpad experience. But the most of what I'm doing when I'm at home is not that kind of stuff. It's like I'm doing that stuff in a, in a pinch, you know, like, or like, oh, I want to do something quickly. I'll just do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's allowing me to still get into that work mode when I need it. But for the rest of the time, being the exact size and portability I want from an iPad, it's like for reading, for watching video while I'm like doing the dishes or whatever, like this just fits in all of the places that I want an iPad for more than any other iPad that I've used. Like it's, the screen is big enough, right? Like it's big. The screen is big relatively and it's small. So it fits in places, you know, like I could imagine Stephen, this would be a great bathtub iPad for you. Yeah. I think we talked about that last week. I should test that. Mm-hmm. You know, for, you should. for the show, please let us know. You still have, still haven't. I'm no, surprised. I haven't. It's been a, it's been a busy week. You know, if he had, he would have told us, because he loves to tell us when he takes a bath. I'm gonna get in the bath. I'm gonna have an iPad Mini. I'm gonna look at the Calyx website. It's gonna be a great night. It's gonna be fantastic. I, uh, I really like that it has USB C, even though I'm not using it as a USB port. But it just really makes me even more frustrated that the iPhone is still on Lightning. It's like this just plopped into the place where my iPad Pro charged every night. And it was fine. And I can charge it at my desk with the USB-C cable I have if I need to have a MacBook Pro there. So it, it it's a nice mix of something like really small and portable and then still mm-hmm. like plays nice in the USB-C world. I'm into it. I'm, I wasn't expecting me to be as into it as I am. But like, okay, so like I love my iPhone, right? I love the new iPhone. It's awesome. I love the iPad mini more. I can relate to that. It's it's a feeling that I've also been having. Like oh. it's it's a it's such. I a mean, nice you're probably using it for everything I am, right? Yeah. 
like for me okay. it's my like it's my non-work iPad, right? Yeah. And like read, listen music, watch TV shows, like it's it I associate that device with relaxing and re- and mm. reading, playing games and so I feel like oh, this computer makes me feel good. You know, it 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 helps me unwind. It's and maybe that's why I love it so much. Like, Maybe. oh, this is not the machine where I have to sit down and write and do email, you know. Uh, but I just, I just love it because it's like it's very portable, weighs just a little more than an iPhone, but the screen is so much bigger than an iPhone still. I think it's like also nostalgic for me in a way, because for the last five years, the iPad has actually become a big bulky thing and this is this goes back to the you know to a decade ago the ipad the old ipad mini the old ipad air right like those products when they started to get smaller and lighter because they got bigger right but then they got physically smaller but then we added these really heavy keyboards to them so like the ipad for me the ipad pro mostly had become like size weight of a laptop but this thing, it feels like it's lighter than my iPhone. I know it isn't, yeah. but it feels it, which is what you were saying yeah. last time. So it's like it, there's also this like nostalgia to it. Um, by yeah. the way, the one regret I have is not getting the cellular version. I haven't got a cellular iPad for a long time, but I feel like over time I'm going to regret not doing that with this one. Yeah, I, I did cellular this time and uh, actually moved my service from my pro to this one just to kind of see what it's like because i do want to try like the thing of like this is the ipad you can take with you so i want to kind of explore that some so good it is good it 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 makes me happy that they're still making it because i think for a long time most people thought well the ipad may just gonna go away at some point but it's still here yeah and it's not just that they're still making it like they're making it to this level Mm -hmm. because it's just a excellent product that they have made so they're still making the iPod Touch, you know. They could have done that. They didn't make an excellent one of those in a while. Not yet. <laughs> no, you're still holding out for that one, huh? Was it DAC? No, no. Remember, mine was it was gonna be taken down from the from the store, and it has never happened. Oh, I thought that the DAC was added to the Touch. That was like a separate standalone product. Yes, I just I have some breaking news. Damn and it! No, I was it's, gonna not, do it's not. It's okay, no, okay, okay. not the joke. No, it's not the joke. All right. Remember, I talked about this on Remaster, Mike. The controller, the the game controller that I have for the uh, Z Fold 3. Yeah. Um, So we have a video game show, if you're not familiar. It's called Remaster here in Relay. And last episode, we talked about... The wonderful uh, viral sensation, Sheikh Malamad. We talked about emulation and playing with, um, with a bunch of old Nintendo games on... um, different kinds of uh, devices. I just realized, Mike, the game controller that I bought for my Z Fold 3, I can use it with the iPad mini. The iPad mini fits inside of it. It and fits go- inside of it? It fits inside of it. And I'm just, I'm using it right now. And I'm going to send you a picture. Oh my God, this is incredible. Oh my God. So this is the Shax gamepad. Yes, and I'm sending you a picture right now. This is the Shaxx gamepad. The iPad mini fits in perfectly and stays in place, it seems. 
I'm sending you a photo. Oh my God, Federico. <laughs> Hold on. And I know this controller should, has, there's an iOS button, so I think it pairs with iOS over Bluetooth just fine. This is so janky looking. Oh, but it's but it works. It looks like it's going to fly off the top of this thing. Yeah, yeah. I would maybe try and center it up a little bit. Yeah. But. I'm going to play around with this and follow up next week. Okay. Oh, but also in iOS 15.1 beta 2. Ah! <laughs> I was just going to do it then, too. <laughs> I just figured they fixed the Apple Watch authentication, so there you go. If you want to find links to the stuff we spoke about, head on over to the website, relay.fm slash connected slash 365. 365, 5, 5. Surround sound. It's no. What does it doesn't mean anything. This means nothing. Spatial audio, man. Get better headphones. Mm. Federica knows mm. what I'm talking about. I think out of the three of us, I'm probably the only one that uses spatial audio. Yeah. Yeah. I think you are. It's like promotion for your ears, probably. They they remixed the Kooks first album recently and it sounds really good. They put the spatial audio mix. I like it. You can find us all online. You can find Mike on Twitter as I-M-Y-K-E. Mike, what else are you up to this week? So I'm going to be updating my phone to iOS 15.1 because they fixed the uh, phone and watch it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there you go. Incredible I got one news. in there. I wanted to get one in. You know. You can find Federico on Twitter as Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and he's the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. Uh, what's what's going on at Mac Stories? We're covering apps mm. with iOS 15 updates. John is working on his macOS review, and I'm just catching up on on I. I think I'm gonna do a story in the next couple of weeks about how I'm using different focus modes for different home screens on all of my devices, and it should be a fun one. Do it because I. Uh, I'm looking for inspo. He's looking yeah. for, for inspiration. Inspo. inspo. I'm looking for focus God. mode inspo. Yeah, yeah. I'm your I'm your guy for that. I should cool. have some examples coming soon. Very good. I will look forward to that. Oh, and a big update to Apple Frames, which I call Apple Frames 2.0. It's going to be mm. a big one. There's yeah. also a big update coming to iOS 15.1. No way. Yep. And it adds SharePoint. Did they, did they, <laughs> did they fix it? <laughs> they fixed it, apparently. Oh, no way. They fixed it. Yep. You can find me on Twitter at ISMH and my writing over at 512pixels.net. This is the end of September. September is National Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. If you have not donated uh, to our campaign for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, please do so at stjude.org. They treat kids with cancer without charging their families anything for treatment, travel, or food. That's an amazing thing. Uh, it's it's life-saving work. Saved the life of my oldest child. That's why we do this every year. So please go donate at stjude.org slash relay. You know, maybe uh, maybe donate again if you've only donated once. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Go do it again. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Instabug, Discourse, and Hover. And until next time, guys, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.